1: What's going on? Colts Nation, welcome back to Bring the Juice. Your guys, Cody and Max, here back for another episode. And today, we are going to be talking about the outlook for the 2022 Colts, 3-4-1 and Colts through eight weeks. First off, Max, how are you doing, my friend? How are you feeling overall about this team, feeling about the loss yesterday?
2: I am doing pretty good today. I'm not feeling too good about this team. <laughs> how about you? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's kind of like a weird spot where I think we've kind of figured out a little bit about what this team is at this point. You know, it seems to me the Colts are what they are, and that's not really a great football team. You know, the fact that they have not really been able to play complementary football for pretty much the entire season, and we saw that on display yesterday, the offense for the majority of the game, even though I thought Ellinger played pretty well given the circumstances, uh, they struggled, especially in the red zone. Uh, they didn't capitalize when they needed to capitalize. And when they start figuring it out in that fourth quarter, of course, the defense allows that touchdown at the end. So that's just kind of what I think You know, bad football teams do. And I think the Colts just showed, again, that they're not really a great football team. We've seen it now through eight weeks. I think we can definitively say that now. Um, and it seems like, and we said it a little bit uh, yesterday, Max, on the recap, Seems like it's the same
2: issues. It's just a different day, right? Exactly. Exactly. Derek talked about this in the video we did last night, the post game video. It's a, it's a different guy making a state making a mistake every week. Jonathan Taylor fumbles in the red zone. Um, Michael Pittman drops a would be though if he if he catches that ball on their final drive, they get out to the fifty. They can they can get out of bounds, and then possibly kick a game winning field goal at the end. Like you, it, it's just honestly ridiculous. The mistakes just keep happening. Paris Campbell said today in his press conference that that they keep saying the same thing over and over again. The self inflicted wounds are killing this team every single week. They drop balls, penalties, um, it, and they, he just said like we can't keep saying it. Like we got to do something about it. And eight weeks into the season, still having these problems. It's it's coaching at this point. Because yeah, it, like what do you think? Like uh, like it, it's got to be coaching. Like there like it, it, there's no excuses for. The mis- these mistakes keep popping up every single game, and the, and the and Reich having to say after every single game, oh, we got out coached, we got out played. Too many self inflicted wounds that they're costing this team games, and having them and having and having the necessity for Matt Ryan when he was playing for us to bring us back in the fourth quarter. I will say this
1: after kind of you know being able to to process, kind of get my thoughts all composed because yesterday it was very like you know, raw kind of thoughts. I do think Frank Reich overall, I thought the game plan with Sam Ellinger was good. Um, I would like to see them completely open the playbook for Sam Ellinger moving forward. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think my issue yesterday with Frank Reich and just this coaching staff in general was not a play calling issue. I think that was just fine. I think my issue is more, like you said, just the lack of accountability every single week. Like, there's no reason why guys like Matt Pryor and Brandon Faison should be seeing the field Um, when they continuously, every time they're on the field, they hurt this football team. And the fact that you have the highest-paid offensive line and you weren't able to punch that in at the one-yard line, I mean, this team just doesn't seem like they want to win and take it, you know? And, and, I mean, any other year, Max, I mean, that's that's a surefire touchdown. Like, no doubt about it. You You quarterback sneak it. You know, if Tom Brady can do it, uh, Sam Ellinger sur- certainly can do it.
2: So... Yeah, that was know, a weird excuse by Reich after the press conference. I don't know if you caught that or not, but he said that they didn't run as many QB sneaks or didn't trust Ellinger. You know, remember when they got stuffed at third and goal um, at at their own one um, after after the Pittman touchdown got called back and then they were going to... It was like a discussion, discussion whether to go for it or not. Mm-hmm. And it was... I thought they should go for it, but they ended up just kicking a field goal. But I think... Like last year with Carson Wentz, that like big body, like, like he can get through, like he, I think Frank Reich would trust him in that situation to keep sneak in, maybe get seven in that kind of situation. Cause this is very unlike Frank Reich to kick a field goal. Cause, cause he usually goes for those on fourth down. And that just says that he doesn't trust. He doesn't trust his young quarterback enough yet. Mm-hmm. And it also says that he said after the game that he didn't, that they didn't run enough in practice to QB sneak. And that was, that was like, I was like, what? Like, like, what the hell did you just say? <laughs> like, like it's literally just yeah. your, your five biggest linemen and maybe two tight ends falling forward. And then your quarterback follows it. And maybe your halfback, whoever's in the backfield, pushes them forward. What's the quarterback forward. So I'm not really sure how, like how, how many reps you need in practice to run that play, but I <laughs> guess, I guess a lot, right? Yeah. <sighs> I guess guess you need a lot of reps. Uh,
1: I mean, I guess so. Yeah, it's just it's a weird spot that this team finds themselves in, you know, where and, you know, I know it's not completely apples to apples comparison here. But like I think about Max, it's given me the similar vibes of like the 2017 Colts with under Chuck Pagano in his final year where they're almost finding ways to lose. Like that's exactly what happened in 2017, if you can remember that like the team would take leads or, and this team's, they haven't led, right? What is it? 10 straight games now, which is absolutely insane. Dating back to last Christmas, this team has not led it to half. I mean, that's, that's insane. That's in, that's bizarre. That that's not like, okay, like to happen, you know? And um, we talk all the time about how the Colts were so, are so good in the fourth quarter, but they haven't been able to play. In my opinion, Max, a full four, four quarter game this entire season. And you kind of look at this team now. I mean, they're two games behind Tennessee for the division lead. They're 3-4-1, very easily could have one to two wins. I honestly think, you know, you think about the – the Seattle or not the Seattle, the Denver game, I guess. Russell Wilson just sees a wide open – I think it was uh, K.J. Hamler, if I'm not mistaken. Whoever that receiver was that was wide open. I mean, that you you take that and the, and the Broncos win. Um, or if Chris Jones doesn't jump off sides, right, the Broncos – or the, the Chiefs win. So, like, this team could easily, you know, only have one win. I've only seen one game this year, Max, where I can say the Colts took it and they won that game. And that was the second matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Alec Pierce caught the game winning touchdown. Other yeah, than no, that,
2: no, go ahead.
1: I, yeah, I was just say, other than that, the, this team has not,
2: like, dominated and taken control of a game the whole year. Yeah. And I just want to touch on something real quick. Sure. What, that, go back, going back to that goal line the The fourth down, that where where he probably could have went for it, it he doesn't trust his old line, which is which is which is like definite, right? Because you have to yeah. you have to have your halfbacks chip out of the backfield almost every play. But if you put in your heavy package on the goal line, and you just, you just have your big guys fall forward. I mean, like the, that play works nine out of ten times every single time on the on the line. That was just a confusing decision by Frank Reich. Like, do you do you agree with that? Like, Oh yeah. If I mean, heavy package. You have those guys fall straight forward. Now Quentin really awesome. Nelson got pushed back and Ryan Kelly got pushed back a lot this game. But if you just have those guys just fall straight forward, just dive straight in. Like, it, like that play works nine out of 10 times. And yeah, yeah for the Jacksonville game, those were just dump offs. Deion Jackson had a career game and like, that was a problem with its offense. You saw Naeem Hines even say last after last game last night that Matt Ryan was more quick game and you can and you can probably roll out and do more things like backyard football with Sam Ellinger. So maybe these guys are going to start gaining more confidence with the quarterback because he did play really he did pretty pr- play pretty well yesterday for somebody who said that that's this is a, a three year rebuild for his throwing mechanics.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I think a lot of people, it was weird. Like, I don't feel like we were that critical of Sam Ellinger, but there was people who were saying, you guys are way too hard on Sam, blah, 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 blah. I think he was just, he was fine. Like, you know, he, he, I thought for his first start, he played pretty well. He made some nice throws. He was able to you know get out of the pocket, deliver some nice strikes downfield. I thought his footwork definitely uh, looked pretty solid. Most of the game, you know, obviously he had that, that nice pass to Pierce down the sideline. So I thought all in all, Ellinger was far from the issue yesterday. Um, He was definitely, I thought, played well. But but also, Max, he did have a fumble, which we can't just say that's not an issue because that's points you cost your team. Um, But also, you know, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, I can't say it's a great game because he didn't throw a touchdown. You know, I know there was other issues as well. um, And he probably could have had one and should have had one, but I don't know. I feel like all things considered, I was encouraged. There were some positive steps that Sam took. I mean, I'm hoping that he continues to build off of that, and it'll be interesting to see because the Colts are traveling to New England this next week. How does Sam Ellinger respond in these next nine weeks? That's how I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and at this point with where the Colts are, I don't think they're going to probably catch Tennessee at this point with how poor they've been playing um, and, and everything with kind of the, the tough schedule coming up with some really good teams, or some really high powered offenses, or at least some talented teams, you could say for some of them. Um, I think right now for me, Max, and I don't know where you're at with this team, but for right now, I'm kind of just watching some of these younger players and trying to figure out, are they part of this team's future or not, you know, for whoever else comes in, whether it's Ballard next year, whether it's a new GM and a new regime completely, uh, who are some of these young players that the Colts are going to build with moving forward? Like guys yep. like obviously Ellinger, uh, you know, guys like Bernard Ryman. I would yep. like to see him be playing yes. a little bit more at this point, yep. because, you know, what are you going to see? What are you going to see in him if you don't play him? Um, and then also, you know, some young guys, young safeties, you know, Nick Cross, I want to see him play Rodney Thomas, even Julian Blackman, depending what happens. I know there was a, a kind of a cryptic Instagram post, so we'll see if that, means anything or if it's more of a trolling thing from Blackman or if it just meant something completely different. But, yeah, I mean, I just want to see some of these young guys in action and just see, like, are these guys that the Colts will feel confident moving forward with and maybe moving on from some of these other players on this team? Where do you stand on this team? Are you still, like, worried about the record, or are you more focused like I am on probably more the
2: individual players? I'm more focused on the latter. Way way more the individual players. Okay. Um, when Ursae decided to put in Ellinger, that was an admittance that this roster was not good enough to get to where they wanted to go. All their goals and expectations of the season got thrown away when they put in Ellinger because Ursay realized that he was sold garbage by Chris Ballard and that this roster was not going to be good enough to get to their goals of the Super Bowl and get that Lombardi home to Indy. And Jim Mercy realized that and said, "Oh my God, we have a huge problem." And they put it, at, and they put in Ellinger, and that's that's probably the biggest piece of the young of the young puzzle that we all want to see is the young guys that we've been asking for. Or since Ellinger got put in, that's probably the biggest question mark is Sam Ellinger. Now, Rodney Thomas has been starting over Julian Blackman in the back end. He's been playing really well, and I want to see Nick Cross out there. He struggled against Houston, and they had to put Rodney back back there week two on because of communication issues, because the strong safety position in Gus Bradley's defense is very communicative and there's a lot, they have to make a lot of different calls and probably Nick cross struggle with that. And, but now we're eight weeks into the season. And really we're looking to the future at this point. So why not put in Nick cross and see what he can do the rest of the season? Cause he's probably has a better feel for this offense. I mean, for this defense um going forward. And yeah, so Isaiah Rodgers started yesterday. So that was a big step forward for this defense um, that's something I, re- I we both really wanted to see going forward because Brandon Faison wasn't like it was just brutal to watch like he was like a complete liability out there. Mm-hmm. And as for Bernard Ryman, the like he, I, don't, I still don't understand why Dennis Kelly's the left tackle right now unless you don't unless you don't want to get Sam Elger killed and have him out for a couple weeks too. Um, unless, but unless he looks that bad, like I honestly don't know why he's he's not starting right now. I feel like it'll be good experience the rest of the season because you're already looking to the future. Um, at the biggest position, by the way, at quarterback. And the fact that Jelani Woods hasn't been on the field or barely been on the field of getting targets is it, just is probably the, my biggest thing because I would love Jelani Woods coming out of college. The, he had a 10 RAS score, relative athletic score. Physical freak. Probably the most physical freak, probably one of the most physical freaks you'll see in the NFL. And he's not even on the field and and good play callers, good head coaches and our coach is an offensive minded head coach and can't figure out how to get this guy on the field. And remember, even in the red zone, we were down the red zone, probably the most we had been all eight weeks so far. And you couldn't even get Jelani Woods a target in the red zone. So that's just like one of the one of the very intriguing aspects of this offense of where's Jelani Woods and why isn't Bernard Rimes starting left tackle? Um, but, but yeah, Sam Ellinger did look good yesterday and I'm excited to see what he does for the next, for the next nine weeks. Um, he's going to have a challenge going against the Bill Belichick defense um, on Sunday. Um, they're going to throw a lot of different looks at him and, but he's a smart guy. Um, so I think, I think he'll be up for the challenge And the moment. It's not too big for him as you showed Sunday.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I uh, just want to take time say happy Halloween, everybody. Um, unfortunately, we've seen the nightmare that is the Colts offense, but hey, it was a little bit more fun yesterday. So that's kind of what I want to do, man. I just this offense, whether you or we're not you're winning games, I and mean, this offense is more fun. You know, it was just it was painfully boring for a while. So yeah. Um, and even like we talked about a couple of those guys as well. Um, maybe even Danny Pinter at center. Um, I thought he was gonna start yesterday, like that's what people were saying, and then Ryan Kelly was out there for the majority of the snaps. So you know, who knows? You know, we'll see. Obviously, the tread deadline is tomorrow, about 24 hours away from that trade deadline. You know, I've heard rumblings, and again, they might just be rumblings. Nothing may come out of it. The Colts maybe are trying to sell some players. We'll see if that comes to fruition because obviously a lot can change. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's some pieces you could potentially move. Um, we'll see. Uh, Max do you have any potential trade candidates and we might get to the comments guys drop some comments and some thoughts here in the chat about some potential trade candidates
2: that you guys would potentially want to see the Colts sell Uh, Max what do you think yeah absolutely I think I think Kenny Moore is one for sure going he he asked for a lot of money last offseason and probably Ballard's best move last offseason was not giving Kenny Moore that that contract is Terry McLaurin ran all over him when he was lined up against him um, and if you're gonna pay Kenny more that kind of money, like $10 million a year, I think he was asking for, it. you need to be you need to be able to lock down those type of star receivers, or at least, or at least be competitive against them and not let them run wild all day. Um, Julian Blackman's another one with the with Ronnie Thomas rising in this defense and looking really good, by the way. He's made some really great plays since he's been in there the last few, the last four, the last month, I should say. Um I think Julian Blackman's another one to look at. He posted a cryptic Instagram. Um, post last night, or I think it was this morning. I forget when it was. I think it was this um, morning. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But he was like, pulled up the peace signs and had like a little violin, like you see in SpongeBob, like the sad music that Mr. Krabs plays. Like, you know, you know that, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yep. The world's melon, um, well yep. I know it well. So, and then, and then he posted another one. It was like, uh, him like walking at pregame, like into the stadium. And I forget the song he was saying. He was like, he put like on Instagram, you can put music to it. And there was a little cryptic Instagram um, music choice that he had. So I thought that was also interesting. So, yeah, maybe more or one or both of those guys could be out because those young players are are playing well at those at those positions. And mm-hmm. also Ryan Kelly is definitely one because Danny Pinner should be – you should get a look at Danny Pinner at center because that is his natural position on the line.
1: Yeah, so. and I thought even this year, I know Danny Pinter struggled at guard, but I thought when he filled in for Kelly, like he still looked pretty good at center. So – you know, you get a, a very, very cheap, cheaper option at center. And, you know, maybe Dante, Danny Pinter plays well enough where you're like, hey, you know, we're comfortable enough with him being in that starting role, you know, at least for the next year. Um, and you don't feel, you know, very, uh, you know, I guess a necessity to go and draft center, you know, early on or go inside of that. Maybe you still do but it's not like a top, top priority because Danny Pinter has shown that he can play well in that spot if given the opportunity. Um, Somebody, uh, Jack's talking about Mo Ali Cox. I don't know if you mentioned that one or not, but I think that could potentially be an option because the Colts just have not used Mo hardly at all, especially in the passing game. I know Mo is clearly the best blocker on this team in terms of the tight end position, but when you're paying him as much as you're paying him, you know, is it like potentially? Do you see a team that's that's really needing a tight end and sees a size at six, 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 seven, and's like willing to give you something for him? Um, I don't know. Maybe he could be a guy that's on the market as well. Um, I think he sh- I
2: think he should be. Like I I, I I I think he definitely should be. Let Jelani Woods get on the field more. Like Colin Grantson get more snaps. I mean, Moelle Cox wasn't even getting on the field as it was. Like I barely saw, we barely saw him out there as it was the tight ends in this offense has pretty much been invisible the whole season or the past few weeks, I should say. So, I mean, why not just trade Mo let Jelani Woods be tight end one, the rest of the season, um, find a way to get him on the field. Please, please. Like, like, can we please get the six, seven, 260 pounds or 245, 250 pound freak on the field? Like that'd be kind of nice, you know? Um, but yeah, like I think there's a I think there's multiple guys on this team. In the offseason it's gonna be interesting as well to see the, the moves that they make. I saw something earlier in the week, last week, that DeForest Buckner has the highest cap hit in the offseason, of nineteen million dollars that you can trade away and say or save nineteen million dollars if you trade DeForest Buckner this offseason. And then I forget the other top five, but it was like Matt Ryan, obviously, and blah 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 blah. But no one's gonna take Matt Ryan. You're probably gonna have to cut him out, right? Because Matt yeah. Ryan really has no gas in the tank. That it, like it looks like. Um, but yeah, like like those kind of guys, like you have to take a look at, like a hard look at. And if you get a a serious offer, like you really got to think about that. Like it's not by by selling. We're not talking about blowing the blowing the team up. Because like what? Because like if Frank Reich's not here next year. You need guys on this team that are going to be attractive enough for a head coach to want to come here and build with this team. So, like, just just trading guys who are in contract years, like a Kenny Moore, and just like those kind of guys are the guys that are gonna that are gonna strap this team with salary for years to come. And Kenny and Moore, I believe, is in the last Get a decent year. amount of pick
1: and get a decent pick for him. Why not? Yeah, exactly. And I believe Kenny Moore is. It, correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is the last year of his contract as well. So I don't think, I mean, based off of how he's played, we'll see, but like you wouldn't think, you know, this year, especially if he's up for a contract next year, the Colts would bring him back with how poor he's played. I don't know. Maybe they would, you know, maybe it's just a co- more of a coaching issue. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, you know, paid enough to give you that analysis, but. But, uh, but no, I mean, like, yeah, I think that, that totally makes sense. There's a couple of vet players who haven't been living up to standard. You mentioned a couple of those guys. And there's some young players waiting in the wings that's just kind of like, why not give them an opportunity, you know? Why not get some draft capital? I kind of look at it like this, Max. If, if you're truly trying to get a franchise quarterback and you're sitting there, because right now, for all you Tankathon fans and all the people <laughs> who are keeping track of that, Colts currently sit at pick number 15, according to Tankathon. Uh, but... You know, they, they need to get clearly in the top 10 um, to have an opportunity, at least one of these probably three or four guys that you're liking. Uh, and you may even have to trade up. You'll probably have to trade up more. If there's a guy you fall in love with and you feel like you need to trade him up, you're going to need all the ammunition you can get, Max, to trade up to that. Um, and I think that's exponentially more important than, you know, keeping a, an aging center in Ryan Kelly or, you know, a corner in Kenny Moore. Like that's just so much more pivotal to your long term. Uh, success in the nfl that's how every team does it you know you can you can find players you know chris ballard has shown he can find diamonds in the rough right he can find guys in later rounds he found isaiah Rodgers in the sixth round for goodness sakes and he's one of the better corners in the nfl so he's like, he seventh round this year exactly so like he can find guys especially at db i'll say that like he has been really good for the most part at finding guys later on that can play really good db Um, and even like early on, cause Rocky sin, we all know what the kind of player he's turned into as well. It's unfortunate. We couldn't keep him around, but, but yeah, like he's done a really good job at that at least. So if he is back next year, you're like, he'll probably be able to draft another guy and find a guy in that fifth, sixth round. Again, that'll turn out to be a pretty good ball player for the team. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of my thoughts on it, I guess a little bit. And we'll see if the Colts, uh, decide to, to make, uh, any trades? I think they probably should. Uh, will they? I mean, this is the this is a regime that's probably trying to keep their jobs. So will they? Yeah. I don't know, Max. I don't know if they actually will. Uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, it, it's just going to be an interesting next twenty four hours or so. That's for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like look, that's probably the biggest point or the, the biggest highlight of all of this is that this regime trying to keep their jobs or fight for their jobs, and this team doesn't want to go. Three fifteen and two, or three fifteen and or whatever it is three sixteen and one, like that kind of thing. Or I'm I'm screwing up. Three thirteen and one. <laughs> yeah, you're good. I know <laughs> <what you're doing. laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm just having a massive brain fart right now. Like my mind's like shriveled. Um, yeah, I understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, like this regime wants to keep their jobs, mm-hmm. so it makes sense why they want to hold on to some of these players. So they're so if they do get relieved of their duties after this season their resume doesn't look that bad and doesn't have that of like a top five pick on the resume, you know, and then they get fired. So that's the biggest thing.
1: Uh, Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I don't necessarily expect it, but those could be some players guys. If the Colts do indeed sell, those could be some players that, that they would potentially be interested in. Um, any other guys that you, I'm trying to catch up on the comments. Thank you everybody for, for commenting. Oh, I, I did. I missed this, uh, super chat here. Uh, See, I feel like this is this is sarcastic here, but uh but I mean like you, you have to sometimes trade up for a quarterback. Like you have to do that. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. Like, but you need to trade up um, and get your guy. If you fall in love with the guy, Max, there's no question in my mind, you have to go get him. Like, like you can't sit on your hands and, and band aid the quarterback position like the team has done for the last three or four years. Like, look where it's gotten us.
2: Yeah. Not every quarterback pans out in the first round. I will say that. Um, you see Jalen Hurts in the second round. Sam Ellinger's playing pretty well in this in the sixth. He went in the sixth round. I'm not saying he's gonna be the future guy or anything, but he's playing but he's playing pretty well. And um Tom Brady went in the sixth. Um, Russell Wilson went in the third so like there's guys that you can find around the draft but this team needs a quarterback that you can get in the first round that's good that you know and that you fall in love with and not somebody that you're going to bring in and have more question marks with because that's or or as a developmental guy because that's what Sam Elnger is he's a developmental guy and you're seeing what he has for the next nine weeks yep and you need a first round guy that you know when you bring him in he will be the guy from day one if you, it, it, he doesn't have to start right away, but you have to know that he is going to be your future guy. There's no more playing around with this kind of stuff. There's no. no more playing around. You have to know and you have to love whoever you bring in here next year, and it probably has to be next year. That's why these. That's why these draft picks are going to be so important. What, if, if sell or not, like you got to compile the draft picks at some point because that Carson Wentz trade that would have probably would have been a two if he played seventy percent of the snaps is. Probably not going to be a two. It's it's most likely going to be a three. So if like one of these guys they have in your roster is going to combat a two or is going to or is going to reconcile a two, you need to bring that in, and yep. you need to go get that guy.
1: Yep, because at the end of the day, guys, that is clearly far and away the most important position in football. It's not even really close to me. Like you can have like we have seen uh, not this year, but in years past, the Colts have had a really good team around them. But when it comes down to it, their quarterback play simply has not been good enough the last couple of years for them to truly be Super Bowl contenders, right? They haven't. They just, to be completely honest, they have not been that. Phillip Rivers has been the closest thing, I'd say. But even he, like, you know, an older quarterback, he played great for the Colts for the one year. But even he was limited in some ways. Right. He's not scrambling like Josh Allen. He's not making plays with his legs. He's not doesn't have that rocket arm at that age. Like, yeah. that's not Philip Rivers. As great as Philip Rivers was, and we, you know, love Phillip Rivers here in Indianapolis. I wish he could have been here another year at least. At the end of the day, no. Like, you need to go get your guy. You need to do that. And maybe that's the reason why the Colts would hang on to to Reich and Ballard, although I don't know if they continue to lose like this, if they will, is like they've never given Frank Reich an opportunity with a rookie quarterback, like
2: ever. That don't I, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> no, I don't even want to think about it. Like this offense has been this offense is honestly tough to watch. Like you have Sam Ellinger in there and he's still and he's still making questionable play calling decisions. Like he's in like he put Sam Ellinger in the shotgun on the third on the third and goal and Jonathan Taylor gets stuffed. At the at the literal at the literal one-yard line, when the highest percentage play you can possibly have, no matter how good your offensive line is, it doesn't matter. You put him in the shotgun instead of a QB sneak. So like I don't even want to see what he can do with the rookie quarterback next year. I don't want this offensive stats even touching a rookie quarterback. Sure. I don't even I don't even know if I want Ballard scouting the rookie quarterback. But that's a difference. That's a different conversation for a different day. Or we can talk about this if you want. But 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 the point is that that we need we need we need to be refreshed. We need a new system, and we need to elevate the play around everybody. Everybody needs to elevate their play because it seems like the tight ends don't even get the the tight ends get involved for maybe two weeks. The the wide receivers struggle. The wide receivers have been playing great the last few weeks. So the tight ends have been non-existent and, and probably isn't even positioned in Frank Reich's offense anymore. then you have Naeem Handge and Jonathan Taylor in the backfield last week three or four times together and that has been done all season long. You bring Paris Campbell on a jet sweep yesterday that goes for 45 50 yards down the field and you could have which you could have done with Matt Ryan you' don't, you, you don't even need to, Matt Ryan to be mobile for that kind of play and that, that they just whipped that out yesterday. So the whole thing is just so confusing and it's just honestly so bland and it's spoiled at this point it's gone bad, and you need to and you need to make a change. Yeah, it's
1: it's getting pretty ridiculous. And guys, it doesn't get any easier for this Colts team. Uh, they travel to New England. They have to still have to play the Chargers. I know the Raiders haven't looked great, but they still have talent. They still have Devonte Adams out there and Josh Jacobs and some guys. There's still talent on that team. Uh, and, and there's a lot of other teams too that they're playing. I think mean, they're playing New York still, the Giants. Uh, they're playing Dallas. Like and these teams are all pretty good football teams this year, all things considered. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see, you know, what the Colts finish, what their record is and how some of these young players, especially Sam Ellinger, look, um, we'll see. We'll absolutely see. But, uh, yeah, you guys have any other comments here before we kind of hop off here. So it's kind of a video. We were like, did we go live? Do we just, you know, do we just do this, you know, pre-recorded? We decided to go live, kind of talk with you guys, kind of see your thoughts on everything. Um, and uh, just kind of, I'm just trying to, to to catch up on all the comments here. But, but yeah, guys, um, let us know your thoughts just overall on this team moving forward. The future of this team right now um, doesn't look like this team is going to go anywhere. At least how it stands right now and how the last two weeks have panned out. So uh, we'll see uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, Max, do you have anything else here, man? Before we hop off?
2: No, but we do have one more one more um, special comment. I forgot. Oh, I you see. Call. It. Okay.
1: Uh from Gorgian, or go- I'm sorry if I messed up your name. I said, "Why do we give Philly a first then and give up on Carson and now Ryan too?" Ur is the problem Ballard can't even do his homework because it must all go through Jim because his daddy told him he knows football. Wow, interesting. What are your oh, thoughts, on man?
2: It? Okay, well that was a be- that was beautiful. That was very colorful. <laughs> we just we just ended on that. If we just talked yeah, good. End, just end it. Yeah, let's just end it on that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Well, uh, yeah, unless anybody else has any any magical words to to end the podcast on, I think we'll end it there. Uh, thank you, guys. A little bit of a shorter stream today, but I uh, just wanted to touch base with you guys. I know we hadn't done anything really since uh, yesterday's recap. So, uh, yeah, I think that is uh, that's going to do it. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts.